I speak to you this day in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. The longer I live this life, this Christian life, the more I've come to realize that we as humans are not good at living with two things. One is any sense of mystery. Again, um, in my spare time, or as kind of background noise while I'm working in my office, I've been binge-watching Law and Order once again. I have to admit, it is one of my favorite shows because I've always had a, a love of, mis of, of crime shows, but also everything seems to wrap up in 45 minutes. The police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. <clears throat> dun, dun. I love it because it logically works through a story. Person murders somebody, and then the detectives work through the case, and then the district attorneys prosecute and present the case to a jury. Sometimes it gets plea bargained out, sometimes it goes to trial, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. But at the end of the day, the story is wrapped up. There is no mystery in a Law and Order episode. We don't like mystery. And there's a, the second thing we don't like are paradoxes. We don't do well with paradoxes. And to kind of remind myself of what a paradox is as I was preparing what to say this morning, I had to look it up in the dictionary because it's one of those words you kind of know in your heart what it means, but if you were asked to define it, you would kind of go, um, uh, yeah, so, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, it is one, one, either a person, place, or thing, having seemingly contradictory qualities or phrases. We don't do well with them because we can't logically work our way through it. It doesn't make sense to our human wisdom, our human mind. And so we try to avoid paradoxes as much as we possibly can. But as you probably know, the Christian life is filled with all sorts of mystery and paradox. Mystery. How Jesus comes to us in the bread and wine of the Eucharist. Sing of God made manifest in the flesh. Why would God come to earth? There's lots of little mysteries in the Christian life. And again, we're not really good at embracing mystery. And we're not good at embracing paradox either. There's lots of paradoxes. We have the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, but he does not wear a crown like you and I would think. He wears a crown of thorns, not a crown of gold. Our epistle reading for this morning from 1 Corinthians 1 if you're watching at home, 18 to 31, if you want to pull out a Bible, talks about the cross 
as a paradox. How can the instrument of our suffering, of Jesus Christ's suffering and shame, bring us great redemption? This is something that lots of us struggle with. I've heard a friend of mine talk about how he used to struggle with Good Friday because it talked about the cross, and he couldn't quite grasp or didn't want to work through what it means for Jesus Christ to die. But in the paradox of the cross, we find a message. There's a, the, in Greek, it's tra- the, Latin, sorry, the Greek phrase is hos logos hotustatero. I butchered the Greek. Forgive me. You'll see that the word logos appears. The word logos also appears in John 1. The word was made flesh, was logos, word, message. What is the message of the cross to us in this time and in this place? The message of the cross is this, that God flips the things of the world in order to show us how God works. God flips the ways of the world to show us how God works. Our salvation, our reconciliation with the holy and undivided trinity, comes to us not through any way we would expect, but through a cross, an instrument, again, to quote the old rugged cross of suffering and shame. Hundreds upon hundreds of criminals died upon the cross for their transgressions. One would not think that the cross would bring salvation to people. That's not what the cross was there for. The cross was meant as punishment. And this is where that talk in 1 Corinthians about how Jews desire signs and Greeks desire wisdom come in. Because Jews and Greeks look at the world in a different way. They were struggling with the paradox because Jews demand signs and Greeks desire wisdom. This does not make any earthly sense. So the Greeks were going, wait, what? And this was not a sign, an outward sign of how this worked, of how God works. At least one that they could figure out. As I've said, the so what for us this day lies in that God works in paradoxes. God works in mysteries, too. The work of God cannot be confined to a 45-minute episode of Law and Order. The work of God cannot be confined to human wisdom. Because God's wisdom is not our wisdom. God's ways are not our ways. That, for me, actually brings me great relief. I'm not going to lie. I'll be frank with you. I'm perfectly okay leaving things in God's hands. 
God brought our salvation to us through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. God revealed himself and how he works in the cross. God revealed to us that his wisdom is not our wisdom. God's foolishness is better than human wisdom. God works in the ways that you and I least expect. So what do we do with that? What do we do with the cross as our salvation? First of all, we give thanks to God for the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, for that paradox of the cross, wherein that emblem of suffering and shame brought us to the holy and undivided trinity, brought us, reconciled us, made us one again with the holy and undivided trinity. So we give thanks to God this day for that paradox. But I also want you to do a little reflection in your own life. I want you to think of the times in your life, cast your mind, mind's eye back for a moment, to times where God might have been working in ways you least expected. Where God used things of this world to turn things upside down in your life. I'm reminded this day, um, a memory popped up on my Facebook feed of a picture that was taken almost nine years ago, over nine years ago now, of me at a table with my large colleagues, people who worked with developmental disabilities. You would think that people with developmental disabilities have nothing to teach the world, or at least that's what lots of people think, that they should be kept in the corner by themselves. Yet, my time with Larsh prepared me to be not only a priest in, your, in this place, but also changed me as a child of God and brought me more compassion, more understanding. They also taught me that love can be unconditional. They also taught me the power of laughter. So, on this fourth Sunday of the Epiphany, the Epiphany season, where we think about God has revealed himself in our midst, let us pause once again and think about how God has revealed himself to us in ways we least expect. Nobody expected God to use the cross as an instrument of, as an instrument of our salvation. Let us reflect on how God has used the things we least expect to work his will in our lives. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.